When we talk about raising the dead, like the title today is The Power to Raise the Dead, we shouldn't be afraid to pray for someone that's on the verge of death, that's already died, mm -hmm. because Jesus has told us to raise the dead. So why, like, I guess for me, you know, I've only been a really true Christian for the past, you know, going on, uh, going on five years now, is that I don't see a lot of teaching about raising the dead. You know, I've seen like John and Sike, I've heard of like Andrew Womack, uh, I've heard of David Hogan, but that's about it. Everything else is kind of like, oh, we don't touch that subject you know, or even cleansing the leper. But as, as I believe like these end times are coming, we need to know how to operate in everything that God's called us to do. Right. And I just want to share that with you. Here you go. Uh, I just want to share that with you that we should not be afraid to pray for people. You know, um, I haven't been giving I haven't been given a true opportunity yet to pray for someone that was dead. Um, at one time, I did offer, uh, I did offer myself to pray for a person that did die, but they ended up not taking that offer. But the thing is, I want to get to a place just as talking as a believer in Christ, talking as a fivefold minister. I want to learn not necessarily how to raise the dead, but I want to have the confidence and faith in God to raise the dead. That's what I'm trying to say. Because <clears throat> in these last days, I felt like the Lord was talking to me. There's going to be more people raising the dead than there ever has been before, right? That's what we need to see. And that's what we need to really grow into because we shouldn't be intimidated or fearful when we see someone die. And I want to tell you this, Jesus is not the author of death. Jesus, Jesus' first plan for mankind was not death. Remember that Jesus is the author of life. In John 10, 10, it says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. Right. So we can say that that if Jesus is the author of life and he's the one that gives us life, he gives us the spirit of life. Right. He gives us the spirit of life. Then that means death is not what he wants for mankind. It's because the fall of sin. It's because the fall of sin, sin in the, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve where death came, where sin infected everything, including death to all, to all humans, death to all things, to all animals. You know, there, there was a curse that we have to work, right, by the sweat of our brow, that we would have to toil for our food, that there is thorns in, in beautiful creation now, there's poisonous plants, there's poisonous snakes. What I'm trying to say is 
Jesus' original plan was not death, but to give life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And it says in John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes before the Father but through me. So Jesus is saying, I am the life. I am the resurrection. I am the life. So what I'm trying to say to you is that we shouldn't take death at its final form, right? Jesus defeated death and he says, oh, death, where is your sting? Right? So I get it. It does say in the word of God that every man is is appointed to die once and then second is the judgment. But I'm talking about people that died prematurely. I'm talking about babies that die. I'm talking about children that die. I'm talking about young adults or even older adults that are not supposed to die yet. There's been so many people in my family that have died prematurely. But now what I know now, I will exercise my faith. And even if I fail in doing so, I am still walking by faith, not by sight, right? Why I'm sharing this, because I don't want you to fear death. Jesus defeated sin, death, and the grave, okay? Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. So we, as Christians, are supposed to do the great work of the Lord, the great commission. We are supposed to be doing greater things, right? And why I'm sharing this with you, because I feel... Um, in my spirit that people kind of judge Christians that believe in raising the dead. Like it's a spooky, eerie thing. And we tend not to jump into it because we're like, well, we don't know how to navigate. We don't, we don't want to be insensitive. We don't want to not be empathetic. But the thing is though, death is going in there, taking someone's life aggressively. Right. It says the aggressive, take it by force. The kingdom of God, how heaven works, is that the aggressive person takes it by force, okay? So there's a battle between life and death in this realm, right? Once you die, you die, right? But I want to talk about I'm not telling you to like go to a cemetery and go raise someone from the dead. I'm talking about if someone just recently died within minutes, within hours, maybe even within days. I want you to build your faith like I'm building my faith to know the power, how to raise the dead. Like I said, it's not that you just learn and say, you know, rise and get up in Jesus name. It's that we have the confidence and faith to raise the dead, which Jesus commanded us to do before he left, before he ascended on high. So I want to share with you the title for today is the power to raise the dead. So I want you to turn to John 11. John 11. Like I said, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Why would God call us to raise the dead if he didn't want us to raise the dead? Right? Let, let, let's just be honest. Right? Like, if if God, if 
I mean, God could have left that out in the Great Commission. He could have been like, you know what? You don't have to raise the dead. That's fine. Just, just let it be. Why did he call us to do that? Because he defeated it. And we've been given power and authority to execute upon the land. And we have dominion to raise the dead back to life. Glory to God, right? Okay, so let's let's pray real quick. Father God, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you, Father, for the discernment. I thank you for the Holy Ghost that's teaching me in this very moment, this very hour, what to say and what not to say. But also, Father, that I'm yielding my vessel to the Lordship of you. And I bind every attack of the devil trying to stop this meeting, trying to stop this move of God. I command you saying to get off of all our social media platform and off the people that there would be no confusion. There wouldn't be any type of distraction, but they would learn. They would have eyes to see. They would have ears to hear and they would have hearts to receive the word of God today. Father, I ask you to rebuke the devourer from stealing the word today from them. And I give you the glory, honor, and power and praise. I thank you, Father, for giving me strength in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, so let's go to John chapter 11. Thank you. Glory to God. So this particular chapter is talking about the death of Lazarus. If we know who Lazarus is, Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. So was Mary. So was Martha in the city of Bethany. Okay. So they were friends before his death. That's what I want to say. They already had a relationship. They knew each other. Uh, Martha is the one, um, or Mary, excuse me, Mary is the one that dumped that expensive perfume upon the master's feet, right? She knew that I'm going to listen to the Lord. I'm not going to get distracted by doing all this housework and trying to make food happen and, and, and get distracted. She was at the feet of Jesus, and she came with a sacrifice. They said that that perfume was so expensive. That was a year's wages back in the day. So that's like someone, let's just say an average person makes $40,000. That's a $40,000 perfume that you're pouring at the master's feet that you're not going to get. But really, Martha, or excuse me, Mary was preparing the burial for the Lord. Okay, so let's think about that. She came with a sacrifice. She came not distracted. And I want you to just envision yourself in that way. Get in this place where, you know what, God, I'm going to bring my best sacrifice to you this year. I'm going to bring my best to you, God. I am going to be dedicated. I am going to submit myself to you this year. Because you're not going to be able to move forward if you don't get into that place of submission with God. I'm just going to tell you that straight up. You can wrestle God. You can fight God. You can run away from God, but you will never fulfill your purpose. You will never fulfill your destiny. You will let Satan take away your gifts and your calling that God has given you. Okay. So John chapter 11, the death of Lazarus. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. 
whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified through it. Okay. I want to share this real quick with you. And I want you to hear me out. I've done a lot of home visits. I've done a lot of hospital visits. Before I go and pray for someone, I ask the Lord, what do I need to see in the spirit realm? So I don't go there empty handed and with empty words. Okay. My time is valuable. Just like your guys' time is valuable. What I'm trying to say, I'm at a place now where I'm not going to just go and do a, a, you know, a hospital visit and just bring some cookies and say a quick prayer and say, hope you get better. There's no power in that. That's what I'm trying to say. There's no power in that. I know churches do that. That's whatever. That's great. That's fine. But if you really want to get to the true source of it, if you really want to dig it out the root, if you really want to see them healed, you need to spend time with the Lord before you volunteer. Um, if you can mute yourself, that'd be great, Roger. <clears throat> oh, sorry. My fault. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, but anyways, like I was saying, is that I have to go in the place of having discernment. So look at this. The Lord instantly said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, there's times where, hear me, hear me, hear me out. There's been times where I would go into the ICU and I would see someone on a ventilator and someone is just completely in a coma. Younger in my faith, maybe like a year in with the Lord. I didn't have that faith to go and pray for that person to come out of that coma. But there's also spiritual laws in motion, okay, when people are in comas. What I'm trying to say is that, okay, Lord, help me to share this. I don't know what that man that I went to to go see, I don't know what his will was. I don't know where he was at. I don't know if he was even a believer, a true believer. I don't know uh, if he wanted to die, if he wanted to live. There's sometimes certain circumstances, okay, when we pray for people. Some people want to go. Like, for instance, my the closest I've ever been to a dead person was when my grandmother Cookies died. When she died... I went into the room and she's dead on the gurney, right? She's dead. And a part of me, I wanted to pray for her to come back to life. I wanted her to live longer. I felt like, you know what? She died at 70 years old. That's prematurely. She has at least another 10, maybe another 20. But I knew in my spirit, she didn't want to come back. She wants to go be with the Lord. She didn't like her life. And where it ended at the very end of her life. She wanted to go be with the Lord. So 
what I'm trying to say is you have to have spiritual discernment, right? Like that's why I fast and pray so much because I need to know and pinpoint, God, do you want me to go to this person or do you want me to step back? Who do you want me to bring? Because I need to bring a person in faith. That's going to be in the same faith, right? Jesus kicked people out. When he prayed for that girl that was dead, that 12-year-old girl, mm-hmm. he kicked everybody out but the um, but the, the father and the mother. So what I'm trying to say is that there's different, I'm not saying it's a method, it's discernment, it's wisdom, it's understanding. Yes, do we know it's God's will to heal? Absolutely. Do we know it's God's will to raise the dead back to life. Absolutely. But Jesus had this discernment that, hey, who I love is sick. But Jesus said, boom, the sickness is not unto death. He let the Holy Spirit speak through him and say, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Okay. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. So when we heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was then after he said to his disciples let us go into judea again the disciples said to him rabbi lately the jews sought to stone you and you're going there again but jesus answered there are not there are not 12 hours in a day if anyone walks in the day he does not stumble but because he sees the light of this world But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Do you understand? So when you raise the dead, when you pray for the sick, when you do deliverances, you need the light of the world in you to ex ex um i almost said exfoliate <laughs> to uh to extinguish the darkness the darkness of the enemy is trying to cause sickness disease stronghold addiction death premature death retaliation witchcraft all these things so you have to have the light of god in you to extinguish the darkness around you or upon that person Right. Like, for instance, I'm going to go visit someone this Wednesday at the hospital. They um, had um, they had a stroke. Okay, very young. But I was praying in the spirit this morning and said, Lord, what is it? And the Lord started showing me is a spiritual attack. The Lord started showing me it's witchcraft. It's it's witches, it's warlocks causing this havoc. How would I know that without? not being in the light of God where he illuminates the plans and he shows me the hidden knowledge. He shows me what's been in the dark and brings it forward so I can see. That's what I'm trying to say. So when I go and pray for people, I have to be strategic. I'm not going to pray some quick prayer and be like, bada bing, bada boom, let it be done, right? We know that the prayer of faith heals the sick, right? We know that the prayer of faith heals the sick. So you need to have the faith to pray for the sick, to pray for someone that passed away. Now, 
I'm gonna go into, I'm going a little bit deeper into this stuff because I, I want you this is a discipleship this is a boot camp this is a training ground right okay so when you go to the hospital you need to evaluate where's your faith at you need to measure your faith. So what I mean by that, if you're in a place of doubt and unbelief and fearful, you better hold off until you build the confidence and faith to go and preach and pray and do these things. Why the people that are not of God or the people of the world don't care for people that pray or, yeah, come on, if you want to pray, you know, it's up to you. Because there's been no demonstration of power when people pray. We need to move mountains when we pray. We need to make the earth shake when we pray. We need to rip the heavens open and pull on the inheritance of the Lord so that these people can be set free in Jesus' name. That's why I'm not here to bag or boast. But that's why people contact me or they'll call me, you know, and saying, hey, I need you to help me. Like, for instance, we're having people from Sedona come and get deliverance. Why are they coming to me? I'm just a man. I'm no different from you. I just know that I have faith and I know the power within me. And I'm telling you that same reservoir of power dwells and abides in you but you won't be able to tap into that power unless you're not in communion with the Lord. You know, the Lord was showing me, um, I was praying in the spirit and I could see the throne of God and all these people praying, all these people praying on their knees, bowing before God. And I was one of them, but the Lord showed me that there was a big wind and it started blowing people away, like boom, blowing people away, blowing people away. And I was like, Oh God, like, how am I going to withstand? And you know what he said? You hold on to the vine. You hold on to the true vine. You don't let go of that vine. You better you better get yourself and lock yourself in there because storms are going to come in your life and temptations and trials are going to come in your life. Circumstances are going to come in your life and they're going to try to blow you away from the Lord. But if you just hold on to that vine, if you just say, God, I'm going to be abiding in you. I'm holding on to you. I'm staying in your place. I'm staying in your presence. The enemy will not be able to destroy you. Glory to God. Glory to God. I feel the anointing of God on me. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> okay, let's go. Verse eight, the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to store, to stone you and you're going there again. Okay, a couple of days ago, Jesus got ran out of the city because they were going to stone him. Okay, mm -hmm. now he's going to go back. Okay, check this out. And Jesus answered, okay, I already read that. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Verse 12. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. See, this is the thing about the Lord. When you start getting the mind of Christ, when you start having the same attitude as Christ, when you've been renewed by the word of God, you will look with God's eyes compared to your earthly 
eyes. I need the body of Christ. I need whoever's listening right now. I need your spiritual eyes to be enlightened and awake in this new year. That should be your prayer. I was praying in the spirit for someone. I'm like, God, please open up their eyes. Let them see. Let them see. Let them see. Let them see what's in front of them. They don't realize they're going off a cliff into vipers and fire, right? They just don't know. But when you have your spiritual eyes, boom, illuminated, and you can see and they're enlightened, they're like, okay, God, this makes sense. You start to get the understanding of the Lord. That's what we need in this time. So glory to God. Um, I'll keep going further. And Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. That you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Think about this. Jesus was glad that Lazarus passed. But Jesus has the end from the beginning figured out. He's like, this is going to give God glory. This is going to raise the dead. And they would believe in God, the father who sent me, that I am the Messiah. I am the Yeshua HaMashiach, right? He is the resurrection and the life. He's the one that restores. He's the one that makes you brand new. He's the one that makes you a new creation in Christ. So he said, I know you guys are mourning. You guys are said, I'm going to raise him back to life. And you don't even know it. So don't get worried. Do not get to a place of you're so exhausted because you're trying to figure out God's plan. Let your focus be on the Lord. And when the Lord speaks to you, he will direct you and he'll give you the plan with inside you. There's times right now. I'm opening up a church January 14th, and I'm like, God, I need the blueprint on how you want me to do this. And you know what he said to me? He says, Christian, you need to pray it out. You need to pray it out. I'm like, Lord, I'm praying already. You need to pray it out more. So why I'm sharing this with you, because this Christian lifestyle is not a lifestyle to be passive. This Christian lifestyle is for you to be proactive and you to be aggressive in your faith. Okay. The world is aggressive at pushing their agenda upon you. How about we become aggressive as the kingdom of God ambassadors, as the representatives representatives of Christ to do damage against devil's camp and destroy the powers of darkness that we can show, hey, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. He's the resurrection. He is the power unto God. And he's the one that is mighty to save. Lord of God, I I feel the evangelist in me today. (laughs) I feel the evangelist in me. Glory to God. Okay, Okay, verse 16. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Did you see that? Jesus is like, hey, I'm going to bring him back to life. They're thinking about death. That's what I'm trying to say about us as Christians. We need to stop thinking in our carnal mind. We need to have the mind of Christ. It says that you have been given an anointed by the Holy One and you know all things. So if you knew what God's plan was, you would stop doubting and be like, we're all going to die. We're all going to perish. This is the end of us. 
There's too many people that are constantly in fear and worry and hesitation, and they're delaying the promises and the plans of God upon their lives because you don't step out in faith. Do you understand? It's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Okay? So I have to go... For instance, I'm going to go into that ICU on Wednesday, and I'm going to come in and align with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to pinpoint the root of it, and I'm going to attack it from the root and rip it out in Jesus' name. I'm going to bind it, and I'm going to cast it into the abyss, and I'm going to break any type of curse, any bit of witchcraft, any demonic attack. Because this shirt right here says spiritual grappler. I'm going to grapple the devil and get him off that person because that person belongs to the Lord. Can I get a hallelujah? Come on. Yes. Come on, man. It's, it's, it's tough. We need to stop being passive and letting Satan steal everything that we are promised by God. I'm, si I'm sick of it, man. I'm like, I'm like, devil, you better get your hands off my money. Devil, get your hands off my wife. Devil, get your hands off my baby. Devil, get your hands off my job. Devil, get your hands off my friends because we need to step in a power and authority and dominion what Jesus paid for on that cross. Man. I am the res resurrection and the life, verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found out that he already been in the tomb for four days. So in the Jewish custom, once you pass four days, you're officially dead, 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 dead. Okay. Like there's no, like you're, you're going to start decaying. Okay. All right. Verse 18. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the woman around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming and went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So I want, I want you to bring this into your own life right here. When you're waiting on God and you're like, God, if you would have just showed up, my car wouldn't have been destroyed. God, if you would have showed up, I wouldn't have lost my job. God, if you would have showed up before, I wouldn't have got this cancer. What I want to tell you is that do you have the faith to look at your circumstance but say, Jesus, I know you're the answer. Jesus, I know that if I ask according to your will to the Father, it shall be given unto me, that it's not too late as long as I take a breath, that there is a possible chance because it says in your word, all things are possible for them that believe mm -hmm. in him. Nothing's impossible for them that believe in him. Glory to God. Okay. <clears throat> And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. If Jesus has given you his word, he does not break his promise. He's not a man that he should lie. It says, let every man be a liar, 
but he be the truth. And guess what? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And it says, these signs shall follow them that believe. So if Jesus says, they're going to rise. What is that going to say? They're going to rise. I don't care what the devil's whispering in your ear. I don't care whatever uh, news report you've heard or whatever's happening in this world. Do you believe on the call of the Lord? Do you believe in his voice when he says, I am who I am? Is he the one that not put the tongue in your mouth to even praise him? Come on, let's give him a praise, man. I'm like, oh, man, I'm just, woo. I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, man. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Verse 24. And Martha said to him, I know that you will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So she knew the promise that, hey, you know what? He, he will be with you, Lord, and he will rise in the last day. But no, 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 no. Jesus wants to do it now. Jesus wants to show them and glorify God. OK, this is what it says right here. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And, who, and whoever believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I'm asking the chat, do you believe this? Do you believe Jesus is the resurrection and the life? He says, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Remember what the Lord says. It says, whoever tries to hold on to the life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Lose your life to gain his life. And guess what? You will have eternal life forever. And no one can steal that away from you. No one's going to steal that crown of salvation for you. No one's going to steal that robe of righteousness from you. No one's going to steal that robe of salvation and all what you did upon this world at the altar of God. You know, the only person that's going to steal it is yourself and the devil if you let him. Glory to God. Shandabaka. Verse 27. And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. The son of God. Who is to come into the world. <clears throat> Jesus and death, the last enemy. And when he when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into town, but was in the place where Martha met him. And then the Jews were there with her in the house and comforting her. And when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Therefore, when Jesus 
saw her weeping, and the Jews came with her weeping. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Do you see that? When the spirit of God is bubbling and rustling in you. I've had at times, man, where I've been, I was praying for a person that had stage four cancer and I could feel the fire of God in here, in my, in my body. And I could feel it rising within me because it hates sickness. It hates disease. What Jesus is feeling is that power of the Holy Ghost saying, this is not it. This is not how it's going to end. Everyone's wailing and crying in a place of sorrow. But Jesus is rising as the son of God. And he says, where is Lazarus? Show me where he's at. That's the confidence we need. We have to turn the grief into the power of God and saying, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm not going to accept this report. I'm not going to accept what the doctor said I have. I'm not going to accept what my, what my family is going through. I'm not going to accept what was diagnosed to my children. You have to stand with the power of God and be like, God, I'm not, I'm not taking this. I'm not taking this. I'm going to fight. You don't understand there's been so many times where I have to war in the spirit. I have to war. I have to cry out to God. I have to be like, God, you have to show me a solution. This is not it. This is not your will. This is not your plan. For babies to die is not God's plan. When I was in the NICU rooms and I saw that baby that looked disformed. And the doctor said, she's done. Just pull the plug, say your goodbyes, that's it. There's something in me that came in my spirit like this. And I'm like, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy the devil. I mean, I was like in this place of this power of the Holy Ghost. And then the Lord showed me that, that entity, that eight foot, 10 foot demon of death trying to kill that baby. If you don't get aggressive, if you don't freaking punch the enemy in his face in Jesus' name, they will steal what you love. Shout out, Kosh. And they said to him, Lord, come and see me. In, 30, in verse 35, Jesus wept. I feel like weeping now. <clears throat> We have to put all our faith and trust in God. We have to. There's no other way, guys. You're either for him or you're against him. You either gather or you scatter. Okay, verse 37. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, groaning, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stove lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. This is what the groaning, I want to tell you what this means, this groaning. I'm even feeling it right now. 
when I'm preaching it, Jesus groaned in himself. It says the groaning comes from the Greek word embryamaya, derived from in and brime, its strength. The word is used to express anger, to indicate a speaking or acting with a deep feeling and for a stern admonishment. That's what I felt when I prayed for that baby. That's when I felt when I prayed for the guy with stage four cancer and they both got healed. Not by my power, not by my mind, but by the spirit of God, says the Lord of hosts. It's by the spirit of God. Cause I see the spirit of God's like, uh-uh, I don't, I ain't taking this. That's why Jesus felt that groaning. The Holy, you gotta think the Holy Ghost is in him without measure mm -hmm. in the Lord. And he's like, oh, shut up. Roll that stone away, right? He he's he's ready for the warfare. Because the spirit of death has taken his friend that he loved. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? If you would not, if you would not doubt God, but just believe in him, you would see the glory of God upon your life. You would see the glory of God in your home. You'd see the glory of God at your workplace. Oh, Lord, help me. Verse 41, and they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Use this prayer in your everyday life. I always say that when I go before the Father, my secret place, I said, God, I thank you that you always hear me. I thank you, Father, that you always answer me because I pray according to your will and your word. So I know you hear me. I know you'll answer me. That's why maybe your prayers haven't got answered because you're not praying according to the will and the father of God of what he has for your life. That's what Jesus says. Father, I thank you that you have heard me and that I know that you always hear me. Do you see the confidence? Jesus wouldn't have this confidence if he was not spending time with the Father. So if you don't have this confidence in prayer, it's because you need to spend time with the Father in the secret place. And then when you build that confidence in the secret place, when you develop the power of God within you, you'll raise the dead. You'll heal and cleanse the leper. You will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You'll cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, 
come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. Are you going to say in this next year, I command this stuff to come back to life in Jesus' name. I command that my faith would not be dead, but it would come back to life. Are you going to go when you see sick people or dead people, you're going to be like, come back to life in Jesus' name. We need to build this confidence in God, this fire of God within us, because see, Jesus was groaning in himself to raise the dead back to life. That's the Holy Spirit within you. We can't do this without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers you to be like Christ, to do what Christ did, and that you would glorify God in everything you do. Okay. I feel like the Lord stopped me there. So does anyone have any questions, anything they would like to have further knowledge of? I, I, uh, maybe you can touch a little bit on, can you hear me? Yeah. So you know how it says like man can't do, cannot do anything without God. But I've heard it said, like, God can't, will not do anything without man. So it's like a partnership, right? And, Absolutely. And that's why we lay hands. Like, like today, there was this lady in a, in a thing. She had a, she was on crutches. And then I stretched out my hand and was, like, praying for her. But then when I was walking, Holy Spirit's like, lay hands on them, right? So we have to, like, step out, lay hands, and yeah. pray for those people to rise up from the dead yes can you touch on that how you know because a lot of people say well it was god's will for that person mm. to go you know what i mean and it's like no like you like you said they died prematurely the the devil stole them the devil killed them not god god receives people but he doesn't call people home right um there was actually this christian movie that i watched with chelsea uh i think it was called miracles something about miracles but the girl was like praying for people with blind eyes and their you know blind eyes are open she's praying for people with cancer they get healed and, so and this little girl and she saw god in the lake or whatever but then she's like she's dying of a tumor in her brain and she's like oh yeah you know I'm, i god's called me home i gotta go jesus is calling me but for me that doesn't make sense because i'm like okay wait so you're telling me that Jesus wants this little girl to die, mm -hmm. but she did all these miracles for God. Yeah. Do you understand? Jesus said this. He says that the harvest is plentiful, but the co-labors are few. And he said that the labors that he have, that he has is so valuable not to lose one of them. Mm -hmm. So if this girl is doing all these miracles unto the Lord, why would he take her away? Yeah. And that's the thing. We were watching this Christian movie. There was no word. They didn't know how to pray. And I'm like, this is a Christian movie? Man. I was like, this is sad. Yeah, it was. It was sad. 
<laughs> but someone like you know someone's christian is like oh my gosh that's so cute that's so great oh my god like someone who doesn't know the word yeah someone that doesn't know the word that calls himself christian doesn't have discernment doesn't have discernment doesn't know the power and authority in christ that's cute mm-hmm. oh she's with jesus now and that it's all great and peachy but to us we found like there was so much more that could have been on that that would have made it yeah. so much better I'm not saying that people are not supposed to die. No, we are. That's part of the curse. We're, every man's appointed to die. And next is the judgment. But I'm talking about premature deaths like Lazarus. Was Lazarus supposed to die? No. But Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but to give glory to God. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that we do not need to accept the report of the devil when he says, hey, this is what you got. You got about six months to live. What are you going to do about it? People would, I mean, I just see people. Oh, yeah, you know, God's just calling me home. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, it's my time. Yeah. Well, guess what? You just told Satan that you're ready to go. And he's like, oh, cool. I'll take you out right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about you no more. Do you understand that? Like, we have the power in us to raise the dead okay other religions other beliefs don't have power like that they might have a demonic power to raise the dead but they will die it's not it's not the pure power of god unto death to life that's what i'm trying to say because Jesus, when he breathes his life into you, it quickens your mortal body, right? You've been given the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and is quickening your mortal body. And to cover about laying on the hands, that is an act of faith to lay on, to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, right? It's a point of contact and faith. I'm connecting my faith with that person. And now I'm going to believe that the virtue of God is going to flow out of me into them. It is a current of the Holy Ghost, the power of God flowing out of me into the individual to be healed, to be set free, and to be raised back to life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like for instance, I'm going to go see that person on Wednesday I'm like, Lord, do I need to just pray for them in my room or do I need to lay hands on them? And the Lord said, you need to go lay hands on them. So I'm going to go lay hands on them. You have to have the spiritual discernment and wisdom when to do things and when not to do things. I can't I can teach you certain ways, but the only way you're going to learn that is from the one, the teacher, the Holy Spirit that will decipher things. He'll tell you. Hey, this is the underlying issue. This is the root cause. This is the problem. Like, I'm going to tell you this. If you want to get good at casting devils, if you want to get good at casting devils, you need spiritual discernment and wisdom, period. Alice can attest to this. We were casting out demons out of this woman. I won't say her name. And we were almost at the end of the deliverance. And I said, The Holy Spirit says there is nine more unclean spirits within her. How would I know that? She looks, I mean, she didn't look normal at the time, but I'm saying like, she doesn't doesn't have a sign saying, I have nine more unclean spirits within me. This is a new Christian, okay? 
they don't have the wisdom understanding. And when I started to say that, we took an intermission. And then she said these nine things she was dealing with. It was spot on. Alice as my witness and other people were there, too. She's like, how? Like, I mean, she knows how I know. But she was like, wow, you were spot on by knowing those nine there was nine spirits left. And when we casted the nine out, boom, victory, freedom. Like when those people come from Sedona and get deliverance, I have to be in tune with the Holy Ghost. Be like, what is this? Is this an incubus spirit? Is this a succubus spirit? Is it a kundalini spirit? Is it a spirit of divination? Is it a python spirit? Is it a marine key? I mean, I have to be in tune with the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Okay? This is... This is advanced training, but this is what's happened is that we don't train people. So then they don't know what to do. So then when something happens, you're not prepared. You don't know what to do, but people are looking at you because you're the Christian. Mm -hmm. You're the one that prays. You're the one that goes to church, right? You're the one that goes and reads their Bible. Show us your God. Mm -hmm. But now it's gotten so bad that they're like, no, forget it. Christians don't even have power. They don't even depend. They don't even depend on you no more. And now I'm at a place where I'm like, God, show them your power. Lord God, show them your glory. And God's like, you show them my power. You show them my glory. And you submit to me. And I can use you fully. Okay, does that cover what you asked? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I want to iterate, like, it's a mandate from the Lord for all Christians to do this. It's not just for yeah. five ministry. It's, like, for all. Yeah. Um, and oh, I was going to say something, but. Hmm. Oh, can you give us an example, a quick, if you can or, or not? Like, let's say you go to hospital. What, like, let's say I'm in the kitchen and my grandma lays over and is dying or is having a, mm. you know, or whatever dies real quick. What, how can we like, what does that look like? Okay. That's good. Um, so when we pray for the dead, we're not praying for the dead. We tell them to rise in Jesus name. Now the thing is, all right, Lord, help me to share this. Um, there's been times where people pray for the dead for 12 hours. Now, really what that's coming down to what I, what I believe is that they're building their faith to get to that place. When they say that one prayer in faith, boom, it heals the sick. It heals the death to come back to life. Right. Because. Um, I'm trying to see how to say this. Okay, so Jesus told Lazarus, arise, right? But see, Jesus is so in covenant and communion with the Father that he can do that and it, and it happens. Now, if you spend all your time praying, like if you pray eight, eight hours a day, you probably, you can probably raise the dead and say, just arise. But if we look at the Old Testament, when Elijah prayed for the dead boy up into the tower of that widow woman. He put his body on 
that child and breathe into him. So there's a certain way. So what I'm trying to say, you have to have the discernment from the Holy Spirit how to pray for this person in particular. Now, there's been times where, I mean, this is this is this is crazy, but I'll just tell you, um, if you guys know who Smith Wigglesworth is, he has raised, um, I think, 50 to 80 people from the dead. And one of them, I'm not I'm not encouraging to do it, but see, he is so filled with the Holy Ghost. He would pray every 20 minutes of his day. He would only read the word. He would not have any news articles come in this house. He would not read anything but the word, okay? There was a baby that died, and the parents brought the baby to Smith Wigglesworth and said, pray for my baby to come back to life. And he said, are you okay? However, I pray for your baby. And they said, yes, please do whatever. He grabbed that baby, drop kicked it across, and the baby come back to life. Now, was he trying to kick the baby to hurt it? No, the baby's already dead. He kicked the demon of death off that baby physically in Jesus' name, and the baby came back to life. So I can't just give you a precise way how to pray for the dead. But what I can tell you is that you need to have the faith and the confidence to pray for the dead. And it would be even better if you were praying and fasting at that time when it happens, right? You have to be on guard and you have to be ready at all times. Because usually every time that I get uh, a phone call from someone, a text from someone is when I let my guard down and I'm chilling, I'm relaxing, I'm I'm just not doing ministry stuff. I'm sleeping, I'm, I'm whatever. But the thing is what I try to do is keep myself ready throughout the day. So like, for instance, I have been spending time with God. I've been praying and fasting. I have been in communion with God most of the day. So when I came here, I had no notes. All I had written on my notebook, you can see it for yourself, it says John 11. That's all I have. But did you see the fire and the power that came out of it? Because I stay in communion with Holy Spirit. The power of God was anointed those words that were spoken because they're his words anyway. But what I'm trying to say is that for us to pray for the sick, for us to cast out demons, for us to raise the dead back to life, for us to cleanse the lepers, you have to have communion, faith, and confidence in God to even do that from the get-go. If you're not there, get there, okay? If you're not there, you know if you're there or not. Get there, okay? And to, to add on, like Smith Wigglesworth would have discernment where he would see the demons, like like exactly. he he would see like the tumor. He would saw he would see the demons holding the tumor. He would see the, the demons holding. Uh, you know, whatever the, the disease was. So that's what he was addressing was because he could see that. I'm going to share this with you because I feel like it's good. The same person I'm actually going to go and see Wednesday is a person that I prayed for maybe two or three, no, probably two years ago. 
um, he told me that he he had um, this this hemorrhoid. Well, no, because it was in his stomach, so it was a hernia. I think it would be a hernia because it was up here in his abdominal. And he's like, hey, can you pray for me? It, like, gives me problems, you know, digestive systems, all that. And I said, yeah, I'm going to pray for you. But before I even, like, like, went into it, I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And this is what the Holy Spirit said. I want you to punch his stomach. I'm in this house with his wife and kids. And on top of that, just to even add more spice to it, he's a cop. So the thing is, like, if I'm going to punch a cop, I better do it in the name of the Lord, right? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that I punched it first, nothing happened. But see, I could see that there was some demonic spirit on that. And then when I said, in Jesus' name, and I punched it like that, he said he felt a pop in his stomach. It's not because I punched him hard. It's because I punched it in faith. And he got healed. Yeah, and then I've also, I'm going to tell you this too. I've had a time where I had uh, a hernia from lifting. I it was bad. Just save you the details. And I'm like, Lord, I need healing from this. I need healing from this. And he's then he quickened me. He says, who do you say I am? And I said, you're my healer. You're my provider. I remember going to and fro my office after hours at ASU. I thank you, Lord, that you're healing me. I thank you that I'm delivered from the powers of darkness. I thank you, Father, that I'm redeemed. And then instantly, after about 30 minutes of praying, he stopped me and he said, I want you to smack your stomach to get that thing out. Slapped it once. Nothing happened. The Lord said, do it again. And I said, in Jesus name, I commanded to go. And when I did that, I felt healing come on me. You know, a lot of people say it's like warm honey. This just felt like a cloak, but a liquid of just healing. There's no one that could say I didn't get healed. I could feel from the top of my head to the soles of feet. No one laid hands on me. I was instantly healed. I've never felt that experience since then. But it took a drastic measure of faith to see that come to fruition. Now, that's what I'm saying. I can't tell you like, okay, Alice, when you go to this person, I need you to do it this way. No, she has to get tuned in with the Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit will teach and direct. Now, if I'm there with her at that moment, we can tag team, right? I can be like, hey, Holy Spirit's saying this. Okay, I feel like Holy Spirit's doing that. Let's tag team in the Spirit. Boom. Okay, that's different. But I'm saying when you're by yourself, when you don't have anybody else but the Holy Ghost and your angels, right? All right. Anything else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> well, let's pray for the sick. Let's let's do that. I don't. So, who's uh? If anyone has any symptoms, anything that's going through anything and needs prayer, the word. 
was preached, faith got stirred and arised in you, so receive it now in Jesus' name. And if no one has anything in particular, I can pray a general prayer in faith. Me, my migraines. Okay. What do you think is the root cause of that? Um, honestly, uh, every time that it rains or every every time that the weather changes, I get it really bad. Okay. Okay. So you have been bought by the blood of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are a child of God, right? Yes. You believe Jesus can heal you, right? Yes. Okay. So now we have to come in faith. And every time that the weather changes again, mm-hmm. that doesn't, that's not your portion. That doesn't belong to you. That's not your inheritance. Yeah. You have to stop the enemy before they come and attack. Trust me, I got I had to get rid of this uh sickness that I have. And I had mm-hmm. to keep fighting it and fighting it. I even told Benjamin, I said, hey, when I was praying in the spirit for 30 minutes, no symptoms at all. Not one. Once I stopped praying, the symptoms came back on. So wow. we just have to be fighters mm-hmm. with faith. So I'm going to pray for you right now. I also keep sensing um, someone's dealing with some neck pain, like a neck issue. Me. You too? Okay. Yeah. Do you just like tweak it? I almost feel like it's like your vertebrae or something. I don't know. Something something seemed like it's off on your neck. Yes, me. I was thinking of going to the chiropractor today. Well, guess what? Jesus is going to be your chiropractor today. Amen. And he's going to heal you because if Jesus can raise the dead, just like we can, he can heal your neck and he can heal your sinus and your migraines and all that. Right. All right. right. Just stretch out your hands. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father God, I come right now and I thank you for your word that's declared. I thank you, Father. When I pray, you hear me. And I thank you that when I always pray, you hear me. And I come right now because your word has been preached. And it says, according to your will and your word, that you accompany your word with miracle signs and wonders. So I bind every foul spirit that's trying to cause pain in her neck, any type of vertebrae that is out of whack or out of line. I command it to be loosened now. I command full wholeness of the vertebrae. I can sense heat coming on your neck right now from the Holy Ghost right now. Yes, that you would align her neck, that she'd be able to pop it and it go back into place. I command every bit of migraine to leave her, every bit of her versinus to be cleared up in Jesus' name. I command full healing. I keep, I almost see you like almost like um in like an astronaut suit or, or like a scuba thing. And there's just like this red around your head. And that's the Holy Spirit just healing it. I can see that power upon you be whole and healed in the mighty name of jesus every spirit of infirmity leave her now and every spirit of affliction leave her now and every spirit of trauma leave her now in jesus name amen check it check it Uh, 
Yeah, I feel better. I, I feel like my ears like popped. Wow. Glory yeah. to God. That's Glory. huge. How yeah. about your neck? Do you feel any heat in your neck? I actually do. Come on. That's the Holy Ghost. So yeah, I know. I know. Mm -hmm. I could see it. It was just like, it was a red, like, sphere of just his presence healing you. Glory to God. Just thank him. Just thank him. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Um, somebody on Instagram also said that his neck got tweaked. Okay. Um, but in that he was down for that prayer and he said amen like he was in agreement oh he said for that receive your healing it's done in jesus name thank you lord two words of knowledge well one word of knowledge two people received it that's calling killing two birds with one stone <laughs> all right cool glory to god anybody else anybody else anybody can get it i also received it to me huh because um, oh, i was watching the other day um the 700 club and um, that the guy, I think his name is Jordan. No, Gordon um, Roberts. And he was praying. He said, um, there's somebody uh, that has a pain on their jaw. Yeah. And it goes all the way back to their ear. And he goes, and I don't know what it is. I don't know mm. exactly what it's called. I don't know what it is. He said, but in the name of Jesus, receive it and you will be healed. And I was just like desperate, desperate, because I just finished some my second round of um, um, medication for the sh shingles. Yeah. And it was still... It was still lingering with pain. But anyways, I heard a pop, like a big pop. And and then I, I felt better, but it started to come back. Like you said, it starts slowly, so slowly wanted to come back. But right now that you prayed, I felt that warmness and then my ears pop. Lord and it's God. much, much, much better. Lord of God. See, if you just pull in faith, you can receive it. I also got something. Um, okay, I keep here. I, I, I will. I'll pray for that, Roger. I keep sensing someone that's having like feet problems. Like I don't know if it's a bunion thing. I don't know if it's like. Um, I don't know if it's like an arthritis in your foot. I just keep seeing a picture of a foot in oh my, my mind. It's me. And I me. All right, you're yeah. pulling. All right, receive it then. Oh all my right. God, it's me. I've been having um um like on um I would say like a where the little toe next to it, it's um it's like some. I mean, I have gone to the doctor and they have put injections there and they make it worse. Um, but it's yeah. like a like it pops in there, but it hurts yeah. like when I walk. And then mm -hmm. today it was hurting like a lot, like when I walk, like. I don't baby it because I pray I pray about it, but I like today was like mm, like it was reminding me it was there there and I've been praying and fasting and I just but it's been there. I mean, okay, yeah, all right. Look, hey, the same faith that took for you to get healed is gonna be the same faith you're gonna receive in your feet. And what I keep seeing is two little demons on your foot and they're poking your cartilage. Keep seeing no. that in the spirit. Oh, no. So, so I'm going right here, Father, in the name of Jesus, as an ambassador to the kingdom of God, 
I come and I loosen that foot right now from every demonic power, every unclean spirit. Get off now and never come back on her. I break every tie. I bind you and I cast you into the abyss. I command her foot to be on fire right now. The Holy Ghost. Cartilage be healed. The What is it called with your feet? The, the torsos or whatever it's called. Be healed in Jesus' name. Every bit of the bone be healed and whole in Jesus' name. Every ligament, every muscle be healed and whole. In Jesus' name, fire the Holy Ghost right there. Right there. Go. Right there. There it is. Burn all that up. Even the injections that are causing inflammation, burn that up too, Father. And I thank you for it. Thank you. I release that right now. There we go. Release it in faith. There we go. Thank you, Jesus. Receive it. That she'll be able to bend it. She'll be able to walk and put uh, her weight upon it with no pressure. And it would be fine in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name. All right, check your foot. Both of you, check your foot. Yeah. Shut it, up. It still hurts. It's walk it out. Gone. Oh, let me walk it out. Just walk it out to say, Jesus, I thank you that it's done. Okay. I thank you it's done. That's why I keep hearing the Lord. Sometimes you got to walk it out in faith, and then you'll feel it come on. I'm telling you, I've done it before. I've prayed for myself and I didn't feel it at first, but then I would walk away and I'm like, God, you've done it. It's already done. It's already done. And then like five, 10 minutes passed. And then I don't notice, but then the pain's gone. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't feel it now. I didn't feel it now. So glory to God. Okay. The pain, the pain is gone. Um, but it's still like a little popping, but the pain, That's... the pain is gone. Okay, good. Glory to God. So with that, what he's doing is he's adjusting your foot. That's why you're getting that popping. That's why your ears popped, right? There's certain yeah. things that have to happen for it to come into, into place, right? Like when we pray for legs to grow up, there's a popping and people are like, oh, I feel sore. Well, yeah, because your muscles were like that for so long and now they're loosening. So it's like a sore feeling, but then it's healed from the initial pain. Glory to God. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? I know Roger had something in the chat. Okay. Uh, hey, Christian. Can you pray for my kidney and just for help totally? Your kidney? Yeah. Are you getting kidney stones? Um... Benjamin, can you help me? Like, I not really have a problem, but sometimes. So, this well, better not to pray for me, yeah. Okay, what I keep hearing in my spirit for you, Rima, that you're not drinking enough water. So you need to drink more water. But I'll pray for you. But okay. you guys are drinking more water, and they'll filter it out naturally. Like, I think I drink enough water, even too much sometimes. Okay. Well, if you feel like you're drinking too much, you need to drink a little more. Because <laughs> sometimes we feel like we're getting, or you know what it is? You maybe need electrolytes, too, to help keep the, the water, 
um, in your body longer. I'm not a doctor. I'm not. A, I, I've had times where I'm like, okay, I got to take BCAs. I got to take amino acids. Got to take electrolytes. But I'm like, yeah, I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying what I felt the Holy Spirit say. All right, go ahead, Roger. Uh, Reem, my background is in uh, sports medicine and uh, nutrition science. So what you're experiencing, yeah, uh, what you need to do is consume spring water and uh, put a little bit of uh, lemon juice in there. That's going to increase the pH, which is going to make it more like alkaline water. Drink that frequently. That'll, also, that'll alleviate the issues that you're having. Just make sure you're consistent with it and uh, keep all your fluids clear at this moment with just that type of concentration with the spring water. Add a little bit of uh, lemon juice to it. Just a little bit just to give it some. They also say like they also say Himalayan salt, right? Helps you retain. Yeah, Himalayan salt. Actually, if you do. uh, uh, Thank you for that. I just forgot about the Himalayan salt. You can add that along with it because the Himalayan salt is also good. To purify mm-hmm. uh, the red blood cells, and or that'll help. Celtic salt or Celtic salt mm-hmm. helps too. Celtic, yep, Celtic salt are also good. So those combinations together, because when that situation happens, your body is using utilizing more uh, sodium buildup versus potassium, and that's what causes that discomfort. So just you know, make sure Celtic or Himalayan salt, just a pinch of it in the. Uh, maybe 16, 20 ounces bottle of water. And uh, with spring water, do you have to do spring water? That'll, that's the best kind to do to alleviate that discomfort. Yeah, thank you, Roger, for your advice. But like usually I didn't have a problem with my kidney. It's just like when I have my woman's day. <laughs> Anyways, I just, it's not normal for me. Like before it was these years, it was okay. But now like I have such problems. Like Thursdays is super, super, super painful and it's not okay for me. So, yeah, okay. like she can't even work. Like, yeah, I can't work. I take off and. Okay, let's just pray for her. Um, Father God, we thank you for Rima. We thank you that she's a child of God. She's a daughter to the to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I come right now against any demonic attack upon her, upon her health, upon her kidneys, any type of kidney stones. I command them to be dissolved right now. I ask you, Father, that you would filter them out in Jesus' name. Command full wholeness right now. That no more pain, no more um, type of sharp pain that she's having in her side. The Lord God, it would diminish and go away in Jesus' name. I release that healing anointing right now that you've given me, Father. Thank you, Lord. Bless her, Father. That never comes back, and she's restored and healed by the blood of Jesus. I also come against that bilateral ankle pain of swelling. I command it to cease. I command all swelling to um, to go back to normal, that her ankle would be restored with full mobility. There wouldn't be popping or clicking, there wouldn't be any type of ligament damage, there wouldn't be any type of muscle damage or any cartilage or any cartilage damage. I thank you, Father, when I pray that you hear me and that it's done in Jesus' name. And I release angels to dispatch to bring that healing to uh Nalia in Houston, Texas. I dispatch them right now to go. 
I thank you for the ministering spirits of fire that you give me, Father. I thank you for that healing anointing. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Okay, guys. Yeah. Amen. I think that's Good it. Night. Good night, guys. God bless you. Until, until Sunday morning, guys. Rise and shine. All right. God bless. Love you.